Take your Bibles to Romans. Romans, Romans, right? Book of Acts, Book of Romans. And we're going to go to the third chapter there. Starting at verse, oh, let's say, oh, let's see, let's start at uh, verse 23. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Very, very well-known verse. If you're a soul winner out trying to help people know Christ, you have memorized that verse. Oh, that's one of the major verses in, in the gospel. Because until you're lost, you can never be saved. Until you realize you're in jeopardy, you have no urgency. And so the first step of the gospel is to let you know that someday you're going to stand before a holy God and answer for the deeds done in your body, whether it be good or bad. And according to this verse, it says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That means everybody's going to be pronounced guilty, having violated the law of God in lots of directions, in lots of ways. And you'll have to stand there and be condemned for your own sin and pay the penalty for your own sin. What is the penalty for your own sin? It's eternal separation from God in a place called hell. It's a horrible place, a place nobody would want to be in the right mind. And hopefully you'll miss it. Being justified freely by his grace through redemption. That's the key word we're going to talk about this morning, redemption. That is in Christ Jesus. We've got to set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood to declare his righteousness for remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God. To declare, I say, at this time his righteousness, that he might be just and the justifier of him which believeth in Jesus. And so that's what we're going to stop. I want to talk to you a little bit about the redemption and the plan of redemption and how God worked it out. Uh, what is redemption? I think we have to start there. <clears throat> I believe it is a gold thread of promise that runs through the entire Bible. Uh, it has been said there's a scarlet thread that runs through the Bible. That's the blood, the shedding of blood. Uh, very, from the very first, when Adam and Eve sinned against God in the garden, there was no death, had been no death. The first death that ever happened was the animal that was slain by God to cover them because they were naked. And the blood was shed. So right off the bat, sin created a shedding of blood. And without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. And so God's system of forgiveness was set up from the very beginning uh, all the way through the law of Moses to eventually coming to the New Testament to Lord Jesus Christ, who was the very Lamb of God. And he shed his blood as God manifests in the flesh. He shed his blood for all who would believe that could be saved. Like Adam, when he sinned, condemned the whole world and plunged the whole world into sin, so Christ, when he paid for our sins, would save whosoever will, and whoever comes to him can be saved. So redemption is that golden thread, not a, not a scarlet thread, but a golden thread of promise that runs through the entire Bible. It was first revealed, Genesis 3.15, as a promise of coming redemption, Genesis 3.15 says, I will put one of, this is after the fall, and, and there were some curses being placed upon Adam and Eve and Satan. He says, I'll put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed, and it shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. I was talking to Satan. Her seed, which ends up being, as you know, in much of the Bible, knew that was talking about Jesus, her seed would crush 
eventually crush the head of the serpent. How do you kill a snake? You, you hit him in the head. And that become uh, and the Adam and Eve and all that followed them had become the slave to evil, to Satan, as it were, to the serpent. Her seed would finally deliver mankind from the bondage and the penalty of death that came with sin. In Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14, a very clarifying verse is spoken. It says, For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, speaking of Christ, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is, the devil. Her seed, which was Jesus, would purchase our title deed, our possession from the slave market of sin. Let me read Ephesians chapter 1, do a little teaching here at the beginning, and we'll have some application. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13, 14 says it this way, In whom you also trusted that after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after you believed, you were sealed. That word sealed there has to do with purchasing something. It's like a deed when you seal a purchase. It's a legal term. You were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest. Earnest also is a legal term of purchase. That's the down payment, as it were. The earnest of our inheritance under the redemption of the purchased possession under the praise of his glory. So I'll read that to you to let you know that when man fell, he lost his freedom. He now was, had become a slave to whom he obeyed. Who would he obey? He obeyed Satan, the devil. And now the devil and Satan had power over him, legal power. And that's why all sin and come short of the glory of God, because who was who our father? Jesus said in John 8, 44, a year of your father the devil. Now I'm not here to insult you, but I am here to tell you the truth. You may think pretty highly of yourself this morning. You may think you're you're, you're not related to the devil, but I, I'm telling you biblically, uh, truth is uh, everybody that's ever born takes a breath is related to the evil one. Uh, little uh, Chris, uh, little um, wheelbarrow. His name's Melvin, right? I did that just to rile you up. Mason, Melvin, but... Uh, Mason, you didn't have to teach Mason to do wrong. He's got it down pat. If you don't believe it, just hang around him. He's at school here, and his daddy's at school. And he tells the teacher, now, if he does wrong, you come get me, I'll spank him. And I notice uh, there's been quite a bit of that going on. There's been quite a bit of that spanking stuff going on. I guess he's a slow learner. Or is it that he has a nature to sin? He's fighting a battle there, isn't he? Redemption is the very theme of the Bible. You say, brothers, does the Bible have a theme? Well, it has a few over, overwhelming themes, but one of them for sure is redemption. Uh, it is its purpose. It is the Bible's thesis statement, if you've ever written papers. It's a profound subject of the Bible. It's and I like this part, it's the perfume of the Bible. I don't know if you know that, but this Bible smells. It smells of redemption. The perfume. 
How many here have night-blooming jasmine out their house? You have night-blooming jasmine. If you don't, you need to get some. Um, you northern folks don't know about night-blooming jasmine, but you go to the store, you say, I'd like a plant called night-blooming jasmine, otherwise called bug lettuce, because bugs love to eat it. But nevertheless, but you, you plant it, and at night, it blooms and puts out an aroma. Now, you folks that are suffering from allergies, I personally think you probably not ought to do this, you know. But if you don't have allergies, uh, it, there's nothing quite like walking out and going, oh, it's got to be the smell of heaven. It's got to be almost the smell of heaven. And I, when I read this book and I get into this book, I smell redemption. Woo! I'm happy. I am happy this morning because by the grace of Almighty God, I've been able to participate in redemption. I'm not what I will be, but I have been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb through simple childlike faith in what Christ Jesus did for me. He died, He was buried, He rose again the third day. I cried out, God be merciful to me, a sinner. Save me through Jesus. And the Holy Spirit did a legal transaction. A legal transaction because I was owned by Satan as a slave. And he had to do something to change that. And that's what I want to talk about for the next few minutes, what God did on all that. Uh, the Bible smells, uh, the Bible, the redemption smells like fresh cut roses. It's the fragrance that drifts past every sinner held in the clutches and the shackles of stinking, filthy sin. And sin smells nasty. This dear, this dear sinner is unable to escape, and we as sinners are unable to escape by our own power. We're hopelessly entangled in sin, helplessly held by sin, haplessly captured by sin. The beauty of our redemption is reflected in three Greek words in the New Testament. And this, I don't rarely do I preach this way or preach out of the Greek part of the Bible. It was written in Koine Greek, New Testament. But sometimes the Greek gives nuances that are just encouraging by uh, the, the, the English just is not, is not able to convey. And so uh, you don't need to know Greek to know the Bible. But to understand some of these nuances, uh, you, you would have to know or at least be able to look it up. And so let's just say generally redemption, what is it? It's to, to deliver someone from slavery, let's just say in our definition, by paying the price that's asked for them. It's a delivering by paying of a price. That's what redemption is. It's good. That's not the full picture, but these words I'm going to go through are going to help you kind of get a more, more detailed picture of what redemption is in, the, in, in its definition. The first word for uh, redemption I find in Revelation chapter 5 and verse 9. It is the word agor. Agorazo. Now, I only say that, I, I even hesitated to say that because it doesn't make any difference that you're never going to remember that, agorazo. That's the Greek word, agorazo. It simply means to purchase in a slave market, to buy or to redeem someone 
in a slave market. That's the etymology of the word. That is the word picture. That's where the word got its definition from. Uh, the word redemption got its definition really from slave market. Now, I know we don't have slave markets. Uh, we don't know what they look like. We don't know what they smell like. We've never been to one. But for the majority of the history of the Bible, there have been slave markets. People have been sold like property. And they're still probably somewhere in the world still being done. I've heard in Africa there's a number of slave markets still going on, uh, capturing of people and selling them to other people. Uh, that's still going on uh, somewhere, but not as much nearly as it had been known or was aware of. So maybe it's a little hard for you to, but, but picture in your mind human beings being captured and sold. We've been captured by sin, and we are sold under sin, uh, and we are owned by a master. You say, nobody owns me. Yeah, you do. Stop sinning. Stop sinning. See how you do. But now you got to know what sin is, right? you got to read the Bible, find out what sin is. Once you read the Bible, uh, uh, obey every word of it and don't do it. And by your own power, you won't be able to do it. You can't stop being who you are. And you're a slave sold under sin. And so Revelation 5, 9 says, And they sung a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof, for thou wast slain and hast redeemed us. Talking about the Lamb. Redeemed us. That's the word right there. Agarazo. By God, or to God, by thy blood, out of every kindred, every tongue, every people, every nation. One thing I'm, ha I'm happy today is that Jesus purchased me out of the slavery of sin. 1 Corinthians 6.20 says, For ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and your spirit, which are God. Both places use the same Greek word. The idea of being purchased in a slave market uh, is explained in Romans chapter 7, verse 14, where it says, For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, soul, under sin. Again, that's the word picture being there. I'm unable to save myself. I'm a slave. I have no rights, no power, no representation, no hope, except out of the blue, the Lord Jesus Christ commended his love toward me. And that while I was a sinner, a slave, Christ died for me. I didn't know what was going on. I didn't have any, I didn't have any idea. Uh, uh, imagine with me, uh, you, have, you have, let's say, this podium here, and you have people lined up over there, and uh, this is a slave sale. You're, you're purchase, you want to come and purchase a couple people to work in the field, uh, in, in your house. Uh, my, my wife used to say to me, uh, uh, it had been a lot easier to live with handmaids. But uh, we, we don't have that today. But I mean, some help around the house, in other words. So you need some help. So you're going to purchase a couple people. I come up on stage. I am in chains, leg and chains, hand chains. I've been in them a while. You see that I'm a very muscular individual, very, very virile, very, very powerful. And I could really work well around the house. You also see that I'm a maintenance kind of a guy. You can just tell by looking. You say, boy, I think I'm going to bid, I'm going to bid on him. I'm going to bid on him. I'm, I'm up on the sales block. I'm under sin. I'm, I'm, I'm ultimately never going to get out of slavery as there's no hope for me. Then all of a sudden, one of the bidders comes in the back door. Uh, he's never been to here before. His name is Jesus. And he, he comes to me and he says, you want to be purchased or saved from your fate? And I say, yes, I want to be saved. 
Help me. I like in Galatians 3.13, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. I cry, I cry. Can it be that you could purchase me? And he says, uh, do you believe I can save you? And I say, I do. And that one day I looked to Jesus and said, Jesus, please save me from the eventual separation from God in a place called hell. Save me from the condemnation of my own sin and my own wickedness. Save me from this slavery. And the bitter the Lord Jesus in this case proclaimed, I'll take him. I'll take him. He's mine. I paid the price for his redemption. Glory to God. And they took the, they took the title that I was owned by Satan, and it was sealed. It was sealed. And they took this, and, they, and of course, when you buy something, what happens is you get a certificate. You get a deed. They had to change that whole thing. They had to change that deed, rewrite that. No longer is he a child of the devil. No longer is he condemned to death. No longer is he destined to go to a place called hell. He's now owned by the Lord Jesus Christ. I've been bought with a price. The Lord Jesus shed his blood, paid for all my sin, all that was required. And he had the ability to purchase me if I would believe. And I placed my little simple childlike faith in Jesus, and, and I got a certificate. I got a certificate, and, I, and it was sealed. And what is the seal? The Holy Spirit. I was sealed by the Holy Spirit under the day of redemption. So now... Uh, the devil comes up to me and says, you're mine. I go, no, no, I got the paperwork. I've been sealed by, the, that's why the Holy Spirit's in you, by the way. Holy Spirit's in you never to leave you, never to leave you. According to John chapter 14, he's never going to leave you because you, the, the devil and, and the wicked angels and everybody can cry for your soul, but they can't have it because Jesus Christ paid for you. And you've been sealed unto the day of redemption from the slavery of sin. I found a second word that's is translated, the word redemption, in other words, is translated by three different Greek words. The first one, agorazo, uh, was, to be, was to purchase in the slave market. But I found something really interesting, and when I found another, another word, redeem, here in Galatians chapter uh, 4, verse 4 and 5, uh, uh, another word, ek agorazo. The word ek in Greek simply means to take out of. The redeemed of the God, the redeemed of God are bought out of the slave market. We're found, we're redeemed in the slave market, but we're then once, once we've been, re the redemption also has to do with being taken out of the slave market. And you, you'll know where I'm going when I finish this whole thing. I'm a bit confused. So we're redeemed never to be sold again. That's what ek agarazo means. It means we're not only redeemed, we're redeemed in the slave market, but we're redeemed out of it. And I can't be purchased by anybody. I'm not going back into the wickedness. The transaction of redemption in my life is final. It is finished. It is complete. In Galatians 4, 4, when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem. There's that ek agarazo to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. I now have been bought with a price while I was in the slave market. Christ died for me. 
And now I've been purchased out of the slave market, never more to be for sale, never more to be brought into jeopardy. My salvation is as sure as God's ability to keep what he owns. He bought me. He sealed me with the Holy Spirit. I'm his. You say, Brother Bill, what if you don't want to be his? Well, he's going to treat me like a son. I was born to Lorraine and Ori Lytell, or I should say Ori and Lorraine Lytell. In 1951, a beautiful, bouncing baby boy was purchased and was uh, birthed in December 23rd in Elkhart General Hospital of 1951. Remember that, by the way. There were times that they wished I probably wasn't their child. I, I know, I, I know that's true because they told me. Uh, I shamed them. I shamed their family. I shamed their name, and they probably, in their heart, regretted and verbally let me know that I was not appreciated for what I was doing. But no matter how they wanted to squirm, I was of those two people. My genes are undeniable. My DNA is undeniable. Brother, I was taken from the DNA of the devil. I've been given the DNA of God. And I am now his DNA child. I've been stamped. I've been sealed. I have had an earnest of my down. Brother, you couldn't do any more than what God's done. And the security now of my redemption is in the hands of God. It's only as secure as he can keep what he owns. And he can. Who is able to take me out of his ownership? Well, let me read you some. John chapter 10, verse 27. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them. They follow me. I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. God doesn't lie. Neither shall any, any man pluck them out of my father's hand. Now, pluck them out of my hand. You can look the Greek up there if you want to. Spend a little time going to, going to lexicon. And any man means anything, anyone. The devil himself cannot take me out of his hand. I cannot take me out of his hand. Nothing ex that exists can take me out of his hand. That's what any man means. The word can be translated anyone. My Father who gave them me is greater than all, and no man, okay, there it is, nothing, no man, nothing, is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. Now, I am not arrogant about that salvation. I'm sure of it only because I'm sure of God. It's a compliment to God that I have eternal security or assurance of salvation, whatever you want to call it, is because I'm confident in my owner that he has the power to do what he said he could do and to complete what he said he could do. That's what it is. It's not, it's not, it's not bragging about me or bragging about my ability to keep my salvation. I don't brag about any of that. Man, I don't have a whole lot of faith in me, but I have a whole lot of faith in him. I'm not great. I serve a great God. And he's able to deliver me, brother. 
He's able to take me all the way home. He's able to redeem me. I want to sing. Let's sing. The third word I found translated a Greek word, a different Greek word translated for the same English word redemption. I found in Titus chapter 2, verse 14, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify himself of peculiar people, zealous of good works. The word redeem there is it's pronounced lutru. Lutru. That don't mean a thing to you. I'll say it anyway. Lutru. And it has to be, it has the idea of being set free from the slave market and the iniquity of the slave market. So we've been saved. We were born and found by Christ in the slave market. We were, we were redeemed by Christ out of the slave market. And now we're redeemed from the iniquity that surrounds that whole market. The wickedness of it all. And it's called iniquity. You may not know what iniquity is. It's not a word used a lot in English. It simply means doing things your way, not God's way. Have you ever been called bullheaded? How many here have ever been called bullheaded? God bless you, we're a family. My mother, for some reason, called me bullheaded. I don't know why she'd say that. You are stubborn and bullheaded. I can hear her sweet little voice. I never argued with her. I felt it was probably true. I mean, who knows you more than your mom? You're stubborn and bullheaded. But God took that stubborn and bullheaded and directed it for him. He took it away from the sin and selfishness that I once had and was, and he took that stubbornness called iniquity, and he directed that, that to God now. He saved me from wicked iniquity and then brought me over to himself. He saved me from our iniquity. Now, saving me from iniquity inherently, and that's not the right word, um, intimates saving me to heaven. If I leave sin, where do I go? To good, to God. I left the devil, I go to God. I left sin, I go to heaven. So being saved... Like Lou 2 has a beautiful, uh, remember these are nuances. Uh, I am saved from the wickedness of this world, but that means if I'm being saved from the wickedness of sin in the world, then I'm being saved to something better. Heaven. Heaven is my home. I'm just a passing through. Ooh. I get, I, I gotta, I, we, Whatever happens this next election, as a born-again believer, we have hope. Because we've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. So in review, the first word says we've been born in the slavery, helpless, hopeless, and hapless, unable to take ourselves out of it. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us, came, died, shed His blood, resurrected the third day, purchased our salvation, 
And now he asks us to have simple childlike faith and we can be saved out of that horror of slavery called sin and all the consequences of it. The third indication by the word was we can be set free from the bondage of this to the freedom of heaven. Brother and sister in Christ, I yet do not understand the full freedom of heaven. I'm redeemed. The paperwork's done. I've been sealed. But I still have not fully accomplished the journey. I'm not in heaven yet. Heaven is a wonderful place, full of glory and grace. I want to see my Savior's face. Heaven is a wonderful, heaven is a marvelous. Heaven is a wonderful place. Oh, I want to sing about heaven. How beautiful heaven must be, must be. Sweet home of the happy and free. Fair haven of rest for the weary. How beautiful heaven must be. Well, if you're here today without Jesus, you can't sing that song. Because you're still owned by the devil. He has title deed on you. And the only way you're going to get away from that is allow Jesus to purchase you. Allow Jesus to redeem you. Allow Jesus to own you. We're bought with a price. That means he owns us. You say, I stand on my own. Nobody owns me. No. Somebody owns you. The devil owns you or God owns you. Which is your owner? Who's your owner this morning? Who? Who? Is your owner. I hope it's Jesus. I hope you know him, whom to know is life everlasting. You say, Well, I'm not real sure about it. You can be sure about it. These things are written that you might know that you have eternal life, and you might believe in the name of the Son of God, first John chapter five. Uh, you know, we're not like I said before, I I I own a home. How do I know that? Because when I paid it off, they gave me a piece of paper which was sealed that said I had ownership of this home. What authority did that? The authority of the state of Florida. That's pretty big authority. Has put their seal on this thing called a deed, a title, or whatever you want to call it, my home. I own a vehicle. How do I know I own it? When I paid it off, I got a title and it had a little stamp and a seal and some signatures by the state of Florida, by the authority of the state of Florida. I own that truck. Somebody else may come up and say, I, I bought, that's my truck. I said, it's not your truck. I got the paper. The devil comes by and says, you're not a child of God. I go, according to the Bible, according to the Holy Spirit, the seal, I'm a child of God. Remember, he's a liar and the father of it. My mother used to say this, so I liked, what, I liked her attitude about this. When I was a young man, and in my you know, 10, 11, 12 years old, sometimes I'd do bad things. I know you have a hard time believing that, but I'd do some bad things. I'd act bad, do bad, and, and really be pretty bad. But I was saved. And I'd go to my mom and I'd say, I don't think I'm saved. 
She says, I was wondering myself. No, she did. I said, Mom, I just don't think I'm saved. And she said, well, son, if you're not saved, you know how to get saved? I do. I repent and ask Jesus to be my Savior. She says, well, let's get on our knees, and you repent and ask Jesus to save you. I don't believe you get saved more than one time. There's one faith, one baptism. And, but she didn't go through a bunch of theology with me and try to convince me, you know, a 10, 11-year-old kid, how it wasn't theologically correct that I could get re-saved, that I already really was saved, but I was backslidden. I just simply needed to confess my sins, and he was just in faithful to forgive me of sin and cleansing me on the right. She didn't go through all that because I wouldn't know what in the world she was talking about anyway. She said, well, let's just pray. And you repent and ask Jesus to save you. And so I said, Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. I need to be saved. Amen. She said, okay, now are you saved? I, I, I'm saved. You believe the Bible? I believe the Bible. You believe Jesus? Because, hey, I believe it. She says, good. Mark it down. This is it. So I've been saved three times. All I know is I just make sure one of them, one of them caught. Don't go to hell. If you doubt salvation, let's pray and get saved. Repent and pray and trust Jesus. I'm not going to argue theology with you because I don't want you to go to hell. I want you to be saved. I've had people come to me and say, Preacher, I need to get saved again. I said, okay, let's do it. You say, well, you and if they want to know more about it, I'll tell them more about it. Most of the time they don't. Most of the time they just have some guilt they're struggling with and some trouble. I say, well, really, you know, I just want to go to heaven. I want to be, I want to be with Jesus. I want to be purchased off the slave block. And I have been. Glory to God. By the way, a purchased slave never gets arrogant about their heritage because you were a slave, unable to save yourself without power to change your situation. Don't you ever get puffed up about being a Christian like you're better than anybody else out there. You had the same destination as everybody else out there, the same father as everybody else out there. And by the grace of Almighty God and only by the grace of God, you got purchased when you found out about Jesus. Now what do I do the rest of my life? Tell people you can be purchased. You can be saved. That's what being saved is all about. Saved means to be saved from something. You can be saved. You can be purchased. You can be redeemed. You can be bought out of slavery. You can be delivered. Those are all words that go around with being a Christian. Maybe you're here this morning, you don't know, you don't know for sure if you died, you go to heaven. Why don't you leave this place without praying with somebody and asking Jesus to save you? We'd love to help you, love to pray with you, love to help you in any way possible. This service is not over just because we quit singing, we leave. There'll be folks left here. Chris will be here, Thomas will be here, I'll be here. Other people can help you. I hope you're redeemed by the blood of the Lamb this morning. Father, help us. Thank you for the Bible. Thank you for its nuances. Thank you for its perfume. Thank you for your kindness to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand together. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com, or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church Bonita Springs, Florida, 
Also, you could call the church office at 239-947-1285. Thank you, and God bless.